Today's podcast has been brought to you by WeConnect Construction, a lead generation website for the construction industry. Check it out, www.weconnectconstruction.co.uk. It's decent. So today we are joined by Lewis Ellis, star of The Apprentice 2019. (laughs) Um, Now, Lewis, before we get into it, what we do with everybody is a quick fire round. So okay. it will ask you this or this, and you've just got to answer without thinking. Interesting. Watch me screw this right up. <laughs> no, no thinking. Okay. Karen or Claude? Claude. Tattoos or blank canvas? Tattoos. <laughs> Sales or marketing? Marketing. North or south? South. Oh. oh. What? <laughs> Apprenticeship or work experience? Work experience. Brexit or remain? Remain. Remain. So I said right. south. That's quite weird, isn't it? Yeah. I've been thinking about moving down to London for quite a while. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe well, at is. least now you know what your heart wants. Oh, Although I, I think like you're a fucking traitor. South, like. south is generally warmer. That's bad, that isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> from a northern I'm not that. Right. So, Lewis, let's talk a bit about you. Yeah. So, what on earth made you want to apply for the most difficult interview process in the UK? Um. Do you know what? I, I don't really know. Uh, I think I saw an advert. I think I saw an advert on social media and it popped up and it was like, I think you can take on Lord Sugar's investment, take on the process, apply now. And I think I applied around Christmas time. So this show must have just finished. I'd watched the show. Um, and I just think I just filled it in. I was like, oh yeah, definitely. Because I've got this thing where I try and take every opportunity. It sounds stupid, but anything pops up and I'm like, yeah, I'm all over it. Filled it in and sent it off. And I didn't think anything of it. And I think... It wasn't until February time, I was on the way into the gym and I got an email and I was like, oh, cack, I've been asked to go to an actual interview now. So, yeah, it wasn't really with much thought. It was just like, oh, I like the show. I think I know quite a bit about business. Like, why not? Just why not take every opportunity? And And so did you have a business plan in mind? Was it in your DNA where you're like, right, I really want to start a company. Mm. This is my dream. So I've always, I've always, as long as I can remember, said the only thing I want to do is start a business. And the only reason I went to university to study business management, when I'm the first day at university, I said, I want to start a business. They said, you don't need to study a degree. And I said, I don't give a toss. Why would I want everyone else to know more about it than me in the room if I want to do it? So that's why I went to university. That's why I came back from abroad. All these different things led me to, I want to start a business. Um, but, but that's interesting because in the quick fire then, so you, we said work experience or apprenticeship and you went for work experience. Mm. So I wouldn't have thought that somebody who had done a business degree would then think... Well, I think it's because I didn't go to uni until I was 21, 20, 21, 22, not 21. So I'd actually worked abroad for, since the age of 18 years old. I'd been working for different companies and I'd learned a lot about how to work with teams, public speaking, confidence, sales, all that sort of stuff, marketing. Um, the other reason I went to university was to get a degree because I knew that I'd need a degree to get a job that paid enough to give me capital to start a business that I wanted to start. That's how I saw it in my head. Right, um, okay, yeah. So yeah, sense. although I do think that degrees are good, I think that you know the personal the, the actual experience you get from hands-on work is probably more valuable yeah that that makes sense and it I've, so i've never interviewed somebody who's gone through that kind of process before mm. and it all seems very logical like i stumbled upon business i went to university doing religion <laughs> hop knows why i think i have no idea why but then i ended up i just like went from this thing to that thing and then i stumbled upon i was working mm. with somebody else i thought oh i can do it myself but you have thought to yourself 
I'm going to start my own business and this is going to be the process that I choose. Actually, I didn't think it to myself. It all started when I was working abroad. Now, I'd not really thought about business until I worked in a ski resort and I was around a lot of CEOs, uh, COOs, um, business owners, entrepreneurs, people who had a lot of money. They were there with skiing and on a skiing holiday with their family. And I, and I saw these guys have money. Like, what is this? I've never been around these people before, never heard them talk, but I was skiing with them day in, day out, going for dinner, lunch, drinking with them in the evenings. So I started asking them all questions. How did you get to where you are? What did you do? What should I do? I'd like to be like you one day, rah, rah, rah. And asked all these questions 24-7, hounded, harassed my guests, basically. <laughs> yeah. So they came for a relaxing holiday and they got this annoying kid running around asking questions. But the point was, I was asking questions because I needed to define how I was going to copy them. And they all kind of said the same thing. They all said, Go to uni, get a degree, get a degree, get a job with a job, start a business. And then when you're finally ready to leave your job, go on full time and, and work in your own business. That was, they just made a path for me. They told me to do that. So I just did it. And, uh, and then it's yeah. so, I've never done a business degree. I don't obviously believe in them necessarily because mm. I started three or four, five businesses yeah. and never had a degree in it. However, I do think when I started my businesses, I genuinely did not have a clue about anything. Yeah. So I could see perhaps the value in them if they teach you the things about business. So what would you get taught in a business degree? Things like how to work your balance sheets or like for me, the most important things were things like marketing aspects of the degree um, things about the financial figures, understanding what you know, profit like and losses. Yeah. Look at the balance sheet. Yeah. Things like that. And like how to, how to see if your business is making money or losing money, what sort of things you take into consideration, you know, gross profit, profit, net profit, all the different things that you probably learn very quickly if you were doing it yourself. But it gives you a ground in it and understanding it and you get, it gets you thinking. But it also causes you to do a lot of case studies and review different businesses and see where they went wrong or what they did. And actually, you start thinking both ways. And, and that, that was really important to me because, again, I'd never been around it before. I had no idea what I was doing. Um, so yeah, I did that, that, that business degree and I found that throughout it, I really enjoyed marketing. And I thought, oh, you, with marketing alone, you can actually um, influence sales, you can grow a business, you can scale it just through that uh, That as, a, as an avenue and a channel. I thought I could really see myself working in that and it really lent its hand to my future business if I can learn as much as I can about it. And so you finished your degree when you was 25 then? Uh, one, two, three, four. When you was 24? Yeah. And then did you the did masters. a master's, 25, and then... Master marketing. You decided to go and work at a marketing company? Yeah, I got well, first marketing job after that. So I went and got a master's in marketing and actually I was working in, so while I was doing my marketing degree, I had to work in a nightclub. And so I was knackered. Like I was literally driving to Chester, studying all day, coming back, going to work at a nightclub till five in the morning, sleeping a few hours, going back to uni. I remember that there was a day when the lecturer said, who's got a job in here? And I was like, bags under my eyes. And no one else in the room put their hand up. And there's like 35 people in that room and not one of them put their hand up. And who's ever had a job before? It might be two more people put the hand up. So they were all whinging the same as me about their deadlines and exams and how they were trying to fit it all in. And I was like, none of you guys are working. How yeah. the hell can you moan? <laughs> yeah. I'm there trying to work to pay this stupid thing off. And I realized that a lot of them actually had like, you know, rich mums and dads paying for it or they just saved up or whatever. But I just like, you don't have a right to moan. Yeah. So yeah, well, I was always working and doing it. And so then, so then you finished master and you thought, right, I'm going to go and gain some experience mm. in marketing. That was kind of the the part of the business degree that you was most interested in. Yeah. And I will, I will do you know, Lewis? 29. So you've been doing that since? You, yeah, you know. so I started the degree, of, uh, the master's degree, actually, you stopped going to lectures around January. So from January at 25, 
graduate, so six, seven, eight, nine. Yeah, it's like four or five years marketing. Um, plus the when I was doing my business degree, I was trying to do marketing on the side at nightclubs and things. So right. I guess about six, six, seven years experience in marketing, but really smashing it after my master's um, and working full time. The first company was a software company um, trying to get them just trying to do basic things, things that you didn't learn, things you didn't even learn in the marketing masters. You learn about all the fundamentals and the, the understanding of how people think and how they purchase and the consumer buyer journey and all that sort of stuff. But they didn't actually tell you what you actually do day to day. Yeah. So I had to learn that bit then. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the difficult bit because that's all you've got to do yeah. every day. That's like the actual job. <laughs> yeah, this is job, mate. None of that. That's fire dream. It's ridiculous. So it was great. But I tell you what, I, I couldn't knock it because, yeah, although it is uh, a lot about teaching the background and understanding it, it doesn't help really with practical skills, but it did help me open doors because I was working in nightclubs and I was working abroad as a, a tour op, uh, for tour operators. I was never going to be able to go into marketing with them credentials, but with that degree, it sort of boosted me through the door of I can go work in marketing now. Yeah. And then I just started getting big my boots and moving fast through marketing. Right. And then, so then you come to, I'm going to go for the apprentice, like yeah. you were saying, you were thinking of this, but... I'm right in saying your business idea that you're going on The Apprentice with isn't what you're already doing, which is marketing. It's a completely different mm -hmm. business. You're just going to use your marketing experience to help you market your business. Yeah, basically. So, I mean, I actually entered the process. Uh, my application form spoke about this marketing agency. I wanted to have one day. Um, I've been freelancing for about two, two and a half years now. So I picked my first, my, that means I've had my own clients for about two, two and a half years, which means I've learned a lot more than you would in an office because I have to do everything like pitching the proposals, the dealing with clients, shouting at you down the phone, all that sort of stuff you would never experience in a job. I did it to learn. Um, so I thought, well, that's what I can see myself doing. A marketing agency, right? Banging, it's doing my skills. It's awesome. And then when I get enough money doing that, I can start a travel company because that's what I've always wanted to do. So that's my proposal. That was my application. I'm sat there with a business plan. And in the, in the interview process, they said, what would you do if I give you 250 grand? I'd forgotten that it was about getting investment, right? So I, in my head, I just thought, all right, it's a business plan. This is what business I'm doing. This is what I would grow. But then when they asked me the question, what would you do if you had 250,000? I said, oh, I wouldn't do this. I'd yeah. do the travel business. And they went, well, why have you brought us a, a business plan for a marketing agency? And I was like, I thought that's what we had to do. So but if you gave me 250 grand, I'd start a travel business. And they were like, oh, and I, I think it was really awkward in the room. And I was like, I come out with a travel business business plan. <laughs> I know what I want to do. Um, so this is when you're in your interview stages before you, before the apprentice, yeah. before you get on. They thought I was, they thought something wrong with me. And I was like, I know I won't do this. It was just like, it was really awkward. They were like, well, why are you here? Well, if I had 250 grand, I'd piss off to Necker Island, actually. <laughs> you didn't ask me what I would do with the money. You just asked me to prepare a plan if I had to put money into it. So anyway, the point was I then went away really, really worried because I was like, like I said, give me two weeks and I'll come out with a plan that stands itself. They said, if you come out with a plan that is worth its salt, that makes sense, that has taken a lot of thought. I was like, great, well, I've been researching travel companies for quite a while. I've got all this information pulled up. I know what I want to do. And I've seen the gap in the market. And 1830 have just died. I was like, brilliant. I'm going to put this together. I got a guy who writes business plans. To, to His job was to ask me the questions and I would tell him what yeah. and write. And, and he puts it together to make it look professional. That's what we did. Um, and 65 pages later, we got a business plan for a travel company. And they accepted that and then accepted you. They scrutinized the it. They scrutinized <laughs> it and they scrutinized the... I think it was something like 
3,000 pages reports that I sent alongside my business plan. They said, you can't have all this. <laughs> and I was like, but it's the ports that That's I've saved. That's a bit too much for Bob to look into <laughs> if you get... Should you get to the yeah. proper interview? They, they were just like, it's too much. I was like, but it's not enough. Um, I was like, I've cut it down. But I sent I sent all this through and they said, look, the business plan, we've read through it and we think it's good enough and we, we consider it. Because I really did put like all the effort I could possibly put. I was staying awake like all night. So I'd finish work at five, go home and I'd sit from six until three in the morning doing this business plan every night for like two weeks. I was sleeping like two hours a night. So do you think it is your business? Right, so obviously I've been on The Apprentice. So I have my own opinion on this but do you think that everybody who is in the apprentice 2019 are on there because of their business plan or do you think it's because of the personality i think it's a mix uh i don't think it's business plan either i don't think it's necessarily business plan i think it's more who who, so their personality of, of who they how they portray themselves as a personality but also what their background is not so much with business plans. So for example, my story of like always wanting to have a business, always tr- trying to achieve and working my way towards that and et cetera. I might nest, I might, I'm, I'm, I'm only freelance. I've not actually owned a business yet. And mine's a startup and all that sort of stuff. I think that's been taken into account alongside the fact that I've got an outgoing personality and I tell jokes. And I am argumentative as hell. I had a massive argument with the producers in the interviews before I even got on the show. So again, they, they turn around. Like box tape. They turn around to me and went, we don't think you know anything about business and we think you're just bullshitting. And I was like, I must have seen red because I went off in this room with Lord Sugar's advisor. This turns out was the producer of the show, the main guy. I'm not saying his name. But, uh, oh, I know you. <laughs> but yeah, I shouted at both of them, stormed out, sat outside like this. Yeah, I think they do. So I, it's all come back to me. Obviously, mine was a while ago and it was the female Same. producer. Okay. It was be me and one of Lord Sugar's advisors. I don't know who his chap was. I swear he's not one no, of the advisors. I think he's just like an actor or something because he didn't say anything. Mine just left at me. Yeah, he, he was just like staring at me like he had the right fucking ump. I'm like, try it, mate. And anyway, she was all, well, what if I said to you that your business partners run your business and and it's not Oh, they do on purpose. So yeah, they was like trying to get a reaction. I was like, well, then I'll tell you you're wrong because they don't know the last from their elbows. Uh, next question. And so I think then... This is obviously what they're looking for, yeah. what kind of I bit, I bit hard and I stormed out the room. They went, thank you. And I was like, fine. And I was like, and the way I went, I'm sorry, I fight a lot. I'm sorry. And I walked, I closed the door and I sat outside. All these, all these other candidates, potential candidates, I sat outside waiting to get interviewed. They're all like, looking at me and I'm going. Like, do not bad in there. Off. He's bad in there. Never take him in the boardroom. <laughs> all their eyes were like. So yeah, I remember that very clearly because I think that was my personality came through immediately, but they set me off on purpose. Um, but then at the same time, I do think that it has to, you have to have something there. But then again, there's candidates there this year that haven't done anything before and don't seem that sort of, don't seem to care too much about business. There's only, there's a handful that I think, mm, did they just get on for the joke? I felt like when we were in there, there was like seven people who I'm like, one of, well, not one of these seven, five of these seven are going to get to the final five. Like, I, And I was pretty much knew exactly who was getting to the final mm. five. And then as the weeks went on, I was like, right, there's definitely three people getting to the final five. No one else. And then <laughs> I, I ended up being like, right, there's four people I'm dead certain were getting to the final five because I knew they were really passionate about business. And I thought, I genuinely don't know who else is going to go in. And only three of the four I you thought were, was going to make it. So like, you, you just don't, you can't judge, can you, like, what they're looking for or what happens. And then it does get unlucky as well, the, the latter weeks. It is about who is in that boardroom mm. because somebody could be terrible, 
but have been on the winning team and then they just kind of skate through oh yeah, my god there are people just, that are just skating through and I'm like yeah, how the hell are you doing this it, yeah um, and so who do you think in this year's Apprentice is your biggest competition um do you know what I think I think Pamela comes to my mind straight away right because when me and Pamela first met we are very similar personalities very strong headed and we both went like that she was very sexist towards us. Well, no, it wasn't. Well, yeah, well, she was, but then I pointed out and then we argued and we argued and it was like, rah, 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 for the entire, I mean, it was off camera, you can't see it, but we were just like, at each other's necks the whole time. Oh, really? Um, I always say that if I meet someone that I fight with straight away, I tend to make friends with them later on. Yeah. So, I mean, we did sort of get used to working together, but at the time, she's just like me and very similar, very focused and passionate. So between the two of us, we're just like, at each other's necks fighting. And I'd, I'd say she's my biggest competition for this show. And then it, who is your least competition? Um, I, in terms of lo, the the least, the lowest. Less, yeah, you do you feel like? Who do I not whatever worry about? That's, whatever the question is. I have to admit, I don't, I don't feel threatened by Ryan Mark, but it's like because he's like a puppy. Um, because, why? Because he's just nice. He's about as threatening as a box full of kittens. So is it his personality opposed to his yeah, business acumen? I don't think I, he could be like a dark horse. Though. He could just like come round and like knock me over, but I wouldn't know. But. I just had never worried about him. I just get on with him. Have you discussed other people's business plans with them? Do you know what he's doing? What or like what you think? Oh, do you know what that sounds like a, a yeah, good yeah. idea? So, actually, I know. I know. I've spoke to a few. I know what everyone's businesses are. Um, I've spoken to some. I think they're really good. Some that I'm think mm, that's the worst thing I've ever heard. Um, <laughs> Who? Tell me. <laughs> Lottie. <laughs> Why? What's the business plan? Oh, Lottie's business already exists. Oh, it already exists. It's Someone else's company. It. Oh, what? It's someone else's company. So a lot is business plan. The name, the, the idea and the name already exists and it's not hers. So I don't oh, know. So she's just copying someone or are they literally part copying. of the business No, as well? no. Well, it's not hers. So I don't, I just don't know how you can get away with it. She's literally, even the name is belongs to someone else. I don't understand. So I don't know when that's going to come out. I don't know. Why, what's that business then? Hey, I'm not saying it. Well, what's the business plan? Uh, so, business so it's plan like, and that's the, the worst part. I don't like the business plan full stop. So it's um, yeah. it's a private members club for females who like hunting and live in the countryside. So it's called. I mean, that is fucking niche. Niche, <laughs> niche. niche. <laughs> because, it's, I mean, who likes hunting anyway? I'm dead against yeah. it. And then, I mean, it's just females. It's just why. Yeah, I think it's, it's just big. I think it's just that it covers a lot of things that I hate. It's like just being the segmented group in itself I don't really like but also then the fact that it's then killing animals which I hate and then on top of that it's I don't know it just gets weirder it's like countryside stuff that I never would ever get involved in um, yeah it's a weird one but I know I know that the name I've heard before when I came out and I looked yeah, I know it exists and it's not her so I don't know how she's going to get away with gonna... it but I don't know what she's doing I just, she's literally just going out oh, she made this up what's just because she's just like well she's librarian and shit so what's her experience in this that she goes hunting? How did you get the process as a librarian? <laughs> Come on. That is just ridiculous. <coughs> I mean, who's a librarian nowadays? That would be a boring... I mean, although I'm saying that, my son came home the other day and he was like, Mom, I'm the school librarian. I was like, oh, what the love. Yeah, but like... But I mean, it is so. It, but in terms, of, in terms of experience, that's all it takes. So I want to be a librarian. You can be a librarian. No one else wants to be a librarian. You can be a librarian. That is literally how the job application goes, I imagine. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And, but then, I mean, fair play, then she's gone, oh, I'm going to go on The Apprentice and do and that, something yeah. and shit. So she's very eloquent and very... But whether she's got any substance behind what she's saying, I don't know. Yeah, she's she's frustrated me watching her on TV. And I know it's TV, and so I don't like to judge people because yeah. I know a lot of people 
did, probably didn't like me and a lot of my friends who, who was in our season of The Apprentice and I was like, oh, they're not really like that though. But from what you, we can only judge as viewers of what, as what yeah. we've seen. And I, and I yeah, I don't, there's just, just been things said on social media and just her attitude to her, towards certain situations. Yeah. She seems really right wing, which there's, there's not gem really too much of an issue with that but it's too much the whole I just feel the whole persona is just it's not as out I feel like it's an act sometimes like my, my favourite was the when she went I'm not here to um, make friends no was it I'm not here to get on with people I'm here to start a business and logical went what she went I'm not here to yeah. get on with people I'm here to win in business and he went but you need to get on people and she went no no she kept saying it over and over again and it was the same thing she's basically just saying I hate I don't have to get friends be friends with anyone yeah. I want to be successful but it's not how life works it's just a very naive and young perhaps young person's approach to yeah. that thinking she's saying the things that somebody wants to hear but actually that isn't no, it's not how it works. what you need to I get I get it's, it can be it can be cutthroat business and it is like doggy dog sometimes but realistically you need to get along to play along okay, so what has been your favourite task so far uh, my favourite task was a roller coaster, just because I got to go around with Ryan Mark five times <laughs> and he shit scared of roller coasters. So he's so cute. What obviously what's shown on the show, you know as well that like you get in and out of a car like ten times or whatever, yeah. right? So the, obviously the filming on a roller coaster, and I knew there was no way it was going around once. He's terrified. He's like, I'll just go around once here, yeah. and I'm like, yeah, of course, mate. That's all it's gonna be. They'll put you in. Let's go around once. We'll film it, and then we'll jump off. We lock him in, and it was like, yeah, get out of this. <laughs> So it was like first time round, just filming oh, off the filming off the platform. He screamed, 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 came around, put a GoPro in front of him. He screamed, 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 came around, and then there was like one behind him. Then they, and they went and stopped a ride outside. So because they stopped a ride, there's hundreds of people waiting to get on the ride, really annoyed that they're filming. They only oh really? They, so was it all slow? Yeah. I thought they might have been like, oh, this is shut nope. down for so long. No, oh, the ride right. was shut, but then the ride next to it was open. But they had to stop the ride next to it to film for sound. Oh, so right. there's 100, 150 people in a queue, bored, nothing else to do apart from watch Ryan Mark go around and track, <laughs> <laughs> screaming. And by the time he came out, I went, look what you just done. And there's like people like, oh, there's 150 people just going. <laughs> I was like laughing at you. Oh, he's so cute. And what's he like off camera? Uh, he's funny. He's funny. He's actually a lot more sweet uh, and cute than he uh, he puts on. Like I remember, so I used to share a room with him, obviously, and he wouldn't go to sleep at night without talking to me for like an hour. He, I can't sleep without talking to someone. So every night I had to talk him to sleep. Oh, there was a night when he had a balloon. He'd wanna, he got a balloon that he got from a task, a treat, sorry, and he wore it on his head. It was like a hat, and then he wouldn't take it off all day. And he came to bed with it, and in bed he was going, eh. <laughs> like, "This balloon, went, right, Mark." <laughs> If you squeak that balloon one more time, I'm going to kill you. And he's just like, eh. <laughs> he's just like a kid. Uh, I remember one night he was lying in bed and Dean, Dean's very sensitive. And he gets he takes a lot of things to heart. For example, if he gets up in the morning, Tom used to walk past and go, you don't know where that's at, are you, mate? And then he'd, he'd just walk off. And Dean goes, what, Lewis, do I have to change? Should I get changed? It's things like that. But one night, I remember they were both going to sleep. Ryan Mark and Dean were like sleeping like this. And then Ryan Mark just went, Dean, I, I don't like you, mate. And then Dean goes, what, are you joking? Are you joking? Why don't you like me? And that was it. I was like, both of you two, shut up now. And everybody starts laughing. And Dean's like, no, he's Lewis. Is he being serious? I was like, I'm going to kill you both. But it was like it was like living with teenagers. It feels like it's a really young house this they year were young. as well. Everybody's quite young, aren't they? In, in the pro what's the oldest person? Who's the oldest person in there? Um, I don't know actually. I think oldest is like I think Gemini's like thirty odd. Scar's like thirty odd. Karina's like thirty odd. They're not much far different difference. I think like 32, 33, 34. Oh, right. I don't think anyone's past 34, I'm sure. Yeah, it's quite young, isn't it? Yeah. And, it and it feels like, I mean, it's, I think Liz was the oldest in but she was on like 39. They never really get any older people on there. I wonder why that is. 
I, I think it's entertainment, thousand percent. Look, it's more entertaining to see loads of young people think they know about business and struggle to do things and and laugh and actually make a tit of themselves than it is to have people get really annoyed and frustrated mm. and, and be really seriously good at it. So it's probably better to have the younger ones. I know they've definitely gone younger this year because they might they must be trying to change the demographic because it has worked. There are, you know, I'd say there's a lot a lot of people that have started following me and talking to me on social media and a lot of my like kids like college, high school, even like early university that are watching it this year. But I think it's because of like they got this perfect blend of drama off screen. Like we're all arguing with each other and poking fun at each other, and there's like, all these different things popping up, and it's just yeah. funny to watch. It's just funny to be a part of. Yeah, yeah, it's good fun. It is good fun. So I'd never watched The Apprentice before I went on it. Oh. Like obviously I watched it because it was on it, which is a bit. Did you forgetting. watch it before you went on? No, I, right. I tried to watch one episode. I put one episode on from the years before, and I just had a really bad panic attack and was like oh no I, I literally can't watch it I don't know, want to know what's to come so it was a bit stupid to me because then when I went in I did no. I had no idea and everybody would be like oh we've got this task coming up and the big money task and this time I'm like well how do you want to this like what the fuck are you want to make scavenger yeah they'd all be like oh go to the losers cafe I'm like what the fuck is the losers cafe I don't want to go to a cafe I want to go home yeah so I, I don't know if it was a good thing or a bad thing but I think you're less judgmental. So again, I in the quick fire range, there we were saying Karen or Claude. You went for Claude. I would have to say he's my favourite. Mm. After especially after leaving the process, he's been super nice to me. Mm. But why do you choose Claude? Um, what I like, do you like? I like Claude because um, I see, I used to see him. Obviously, none of them speak to us because that's part of the process, isn't it? They're trying to se- separate their set themselves from us. To be fair. Um, but I used to see him helping people on the side or someone would come past and be like, Claude, like recognize him and he'd go and talk to them quietly and be like, obviously I'm working, right, right. and he'd, they'd be his friends. And I'd just see him being nice to people. Yeah. Um, that's that's sort of what it was. At the end as well, he made an effort to come out um, and sort of say, you know, uh, I'm a real guy, I'm a normal person. You know, during the final, everyone's there. And then he'd go back off into his... Um, and then what about Lars Sugar? Do you speak with him... Obviously, I know some answers to this, but do you speak with him outside of the process? Does <laughs> no. he offer you advice? I don't think Lord Jesus ever told me again. <laughs> because I've seen him offering you some advice. Oh, actually, just being super judgmental yeah. about your tattoos. Like, what? It's quite sad, that isn't it? So I actually quite—I'd say I idolise Lord Sugar. I'd say that honestly, one of the reasons why, when I was in a ski resort, I started reaching out to people was because I'd read his autobiography. It was on a bookshelf in a—I think it was in Austria. I was sat. There's nothing else to do. No TV to watch. Fireplace, and I. Started I reading this book before the season and that sort of got the cogs turning I realised that like I read sort of the journey up to where he'd started his um, AMS whatever it's with the cassette player and he'd just done this new cassette player type thing and it was awesome so his journey up to that point I'd read and that really inspired me to start asking questions so I find it quite sad now that further down the line and that the guy that I've been looking up to and the guy that I've been watching um, not because of the apprentice I've been watching what he does because I like his journey and that's yeah. inspiring to me as a person because he's come from nothing yeah. he's self made for me that's it he's self made billionaire a- that's it for me I think that's it he never had cash I never had cash my mum's always been skimmed my entire lives we had no money to see someone do it is amazing and I think that's what it is for me that's quite sad about it because I don't want to have a, an argument with someone Especially yeah, irrelevant so for the one. sake of the listeners who don't know what's happened here and have been living in a hole, hmm. then Lewis has ended up having a dispute with Lord Sugar on Twitter because in one of the tasks you had no top on and you've got loads of tattoos mm. and Lord Sugar has obviously watched this back I'm guessing he didn't see you at the time with no top on yeah. and he said, what What was his words? When, when he, uh, he just went, he just went, um, I, something like Lewis's tattoos are horrible, um, 
what does he look like? And, and I basically asked other people what they think. Um, and I sort of took it as a joke because I know his personality. And I wrote, oh, why are you trying to do me like this? Just as a joke response. And that was it. Um, and then because he'd asked everyone what they thought, what he did was he, over the next few days, I started getting messages of people tagged in things like, oh, you look crap. Business is not about, you shouldn't look like that. You you should be, and things like really random stuff. Like you should be disgusted. You know, you, you they look There's horrible. People just random, though, random yeah. stuff. Things I don't really care about, but I just thought I'd make a point. I'm going around talking to kids at college and university, saying to them, be resilient don't listen to other people never let yourself get bullied stand up for what you believe in so I put a post out saying you know what uh, thank you for everyone because other people were defending them I said thank you to everyone that's defending these horrific tattoos I was like never let anyone tell you who you should be don't let them judge don't let them feel like they have the right to judge you or your body I thought it was quite a positive message and I shared a picture of my tattoos I'd just been to a spa that night so I was going to share that picture anyway um, and then cut to the next day so this is like the Friday so following the show on the Wednesday I think I got a tweet coming back from work saying something like, another response, Lewis, I have the right to judge you, you if I want to kind of thing. Your tattoos Lord are... Lord sugar. Yeah, just, I've got a right to an opinion. I My opinion is your tattoos are horrible. What are you, a Kindle? They tell you a story, something random like that. Um, your kids are going to be embarrassed of you when you're 50 years old on the beach. And I was just like... Oh, so actually, Lewis, I didn't know about this second tweet. I knew about the first one. Yeah. I, I actually, I didn't know there was... So the, fir- the first one was not, it was more like a joke, right? <laughs> yeah, and then I seen you handle that, but then, and then I also seen you saying like, okay, boomer. Mm. Um, that was me responding to the second tweet. Ah, right, so I haven't, I no. didn't click on that delete, second one. I thought I, that was the his first one. But he deleted his first tweet. So his first tweet was deleted. His first tweet was ah, deleted. And, right. then, and then he's then going to put the second one out, quoting me, do my positive message saying... I've got the right to an opinion, and my opinion is they're horrific. He goes, they tell a story. What are you, a Kindle? Ha uh-huh, jokes. Insert, insert laughter. I mean, the thing is as well, it does have, but it's difficult because you're not friend, friends, I guess. You're in this process mm. still at the minute as well. You're still there. You're still going to the boardroom and all the rest mm. of it, and you're not friendly with each other. He's not going to be making you a cup of tea and inviting you around no, exactly. for dinner one evening. So then to have a dig, you will know, as I do, that he is very, he's got a dry personality in the boardroom. He says loads of jokes. I laugh at his jokes. And, and they are what they are. Some are really funny, some are mm. And then he's made this joke publicly, but I guess you're not really on that level with him where you're like friendly for him to it was more and he's got like six million followers as well. It was more the fact that he'd asked for an opinion on my body, which is fine. Like he could take that on the chin. But then I was like, you know what? These messages that coming through were caused because of this. Those trolls wouldn't have been even sent my way if he hadn't said anything. And then on top of that, obviously his following's quite older, so they all agree with him. And then my response to that was sort of positive. And then he took that again and said, you know, I've got the right to an opinion which you do, fantastic. Your kids are gonna be embarrassed of you one day when you're 50. Hi. I'm just like, come on, now you're getting personal. This is a personal attack asking, personal attack on me. That's what I took it as the second time. I thought, right, you've had you've had a, the jokes over it and it's personal attack now. So I just, instead of getting drawn into a Twitter argument and a debate about tattoos and whether it's, it's opinions right or wrong, I literally just responded, okay, boomer, which is the, the opposite of like, you're a snowflake. It's basically me saying that I'm not gonna be able to change your mind you're part of that minority of a generation which feels the right to voice their opinion and belittle maybe or tell people how they should act or be at a younger age so that, that what that response only two words means a lot to a lot of people so bang on trend okay boomer and i think i nailed it i think we can all agree i nailed it that tweet was seen like 11 million times it has 136,000 likes and I was dead proud of it because not because of like oh i did a smart comment or a witty comment back but because the amount of people that 
jumped on and, and agreed with what I was saying. It's like, yeah, he's not, there's no reason for him to be doing that. Yeah, so what does boomer mean to those people who don't know? Because I didn't know until you tweeted that and I had to Google it. Yeah, a lot of people had to Google it. Yeah. So a ba- it's baby boomer. I'm just saying, okay, like whatever, to a baby boomer. It's like, whatever, baby boomer. Like, whatever, old guy. So that's the generation. It's just me going, whatever, the old dude. Like, I'm yeah. not going to change your mind. Um, and I, I get it. Some people are taking it disrespectful. It's not meant disrespectful, actually. It's just meant like, a, it's kind of just a, a pacifier comment, like, not interested, whatever, whatever you say. I don't care. It's more of an I don't care than anything. Yeah. And it's aimed at the baby boomer generation, but not all of them. It's not, It's a lot of them actually have tattoos, which is weirder. Um, it's yeah, well, I mean, you can't aim one comment at a full generation of people anyway. You were aiming it at somebody in who, was, who, was, who, who was, was acting in that point at that point just like an old dude going you shouldn't have tires it's wrong I'll tell you one thing it has done to me though um, I was all excited and I was enjoying the process and I was enjoying meeting people and going out but it took the shine off for me it's really because I obviously I want to work with Lord Sugar I wanted to get his investment for my business etc and I look up to him then for him to turn around and sort of start making personal attacks and digs at that point you don't know if he likes you or not he probably doesn't like me now but the point is it's not fair so it's, it's just dulled dulled it a, a bit for me which is quite sad I was really enjoying it up to that point I, I you know I don't want to be seen as someone who gets in petty arguments with people and I, I didn't ask for any of that that day mm-hmm. I didn't even ask to take my bloody top off the only reason I had to take my top off is because the two girls that I was working with said to production they didn't want to get in the water because they didn't want to have their bodies broadcast across the TV and now I understand why I've, I've never seen him do that before Never I don't I. think I don't think I've ever so I follow our children I don't think I've ever seen him tweet like calling a candidate no. I mean so he either really really likes it or he really doesn't I hope <laughs> he even I- thinks that you can definitely take it and he sees something in you where he really likes you and so he thinks that he can cross that line with you or otherwise he just and I guess you're, you're just not going to know I guess he just hates me but to be honest I, I it'd be weird if he just it makes no sense though like why, what have I done to offend or to provoke or anything like that nothing I've just all I've been doing is trying to prove that what I can bring to the table. I'm, I'm, but the one thing I, I've never done... I don't think he's thought about his position and how how much influence he has over people. Number one, for the trials on Twitter. But I mean, I don't think he understands. He's not seen it from your side of things, like how much you would respect him and how much you want mm. this and how much it means to you. Yeah. He's just seen as like, this is a funny joke. Or this is... What, or, otherwise, this is how I feel. And he's yeah. just put it out there and not thought about actually the the effect that, that that's going to have on you it's sad isn't it I don't like talking about it because I don't like getting sad about anything but, I, but to be honest I try and take everything on the chin but for me it's just been a bit this has been a bit too much I'm just like oh it's quite sad that because it's ruined it a bit for me now yeah hopefully like obviously I know you've done quite a lot on the radio and whatnot, so mm. hopefully that will die down from it any of these things yeah, it will literally be old news I'm sure Lottie is going to say I'll do something yeah now. we can't I just, wait. I just need her to just say something I'll do something yeah, controversial just, just need her the papers to buy <laughs> And just say something completely. It won't take long. <laughs> and then the heat is off you. So what as well? What about this with the? I've got to ask you. I know we spoke about Lottie a bit, but what about this with the um, racial comment? Is this true? Did this happen? What's um, crack? It unfortunately, is. Um, I'm not sure she meant it in the way in which she said. Um, I'm, I don't, I'm not sure. What did you think it was funny well, saying that? I don't know. Like, I, I, the thing is, I'd left the group because it all, they were all winding me up anyway. So I created this group secretly. You're not supposed to do this. I put everyone in the same place, went and found them all on the internet, put them together. And then I realized that was the worst idea ever because they all started fighting straight away about tasks. Yeah. So I just went, I, I am out of here. Like, so I'd left and I, so I wasn't privy to this conversation, the argument and stuff. But I did see the screenshots and it is, it is how it played out, but I'm not sure she meant to be racist, but I don't think it's that way. I don't think I don't think it is like that for her because where she's from, 
it might just be normal from her area because she's from a small farm village. But for me, that's what I'm thinking. Is she's just some like right wing, narrow minded, kind think, of sheltered? No, I don't. I don't know. I think it's her area. I think where she's from, that's okay, maybe. But like the thing she said, other comments as well. I'm like, you just don't say it. Like for me, it's not okay. Um, now. I'm glad that the guys that were involved in it were so vocal about it and did shout about it and did raise it as a, an issue because it should never be accepted. I don't like the fact she, she said she didn't say them and that she blatantly said, I did not do that, I did not say that. Did she deny it? Well, yeah. I mean, the screenshots, the papers. So obviously... Well, yeah, in the papers. And I've seen the screenshots and they do exist. And the papers have got them... I've seen the screenshots. Oh, yeah, there you go. Have I seen them? Was <laughs> they not in the papers? No. Oh, somebody's done. Someone sent us the screenshots. I've had some inside info. <laughs> but the point is, what I mean, is the, but the, the public don't know that. So for her to say, I didn't do that. No, that's not what I did. That's not right. I think you should just go, you know what? Take it on the chin. I messed up and I'll apologize for what I've done wrong. That's what needs to be done. Yeah. So then it, so it was Lubner who she said this to. Yeah. So Lubner, Lubner just deserves a public apology. And oh, I should have just done that. If you say some people mess up, why not? Just because surely nobody believes her. I saw a tweet between Lubner and Lottie recently. I saw a lot, Lubner said something to Lottie saying... Um, Oh, you two trying to get in the paper because Ryan Mark and her are pretending to be in a relationship now. Brilliant. But uh, I did see that. But the point was, Lubna said something like, I see you've not really learned from what, you know, you racist comment, whatever. Because I think Lubna's still waiting for an apology. And Lottie's response to Lubna was, stop trying to stay relevant. And I think that gives you an insight into the sort of person that Lottie is. Mm. She's just not a nice person. I think some people just have, a, some people are just not nice people. Um, I thought she was nice at the time and I really enjoyed spending time with her until I got more of a glimpse into who she is as a person and then so was that just throughout the task well, I didn't work with her until Finland alright so it was on that path it's not, it's not fair to throw shade at just one person but unfortunately like there's, I can't think of anything good but she must so I'm guessing she gets on with Ryan Mark that there must be people who yeah Ryan Mark and her are good friends I think they, they get on with each other I get on with Ryan Mark and to be honest I can speak to Lottie as well but I just choose not to and try. I try and avoid it now because every time I do, there always seems to be a problem. A drama. And I'm not interested in it. I just, I just really don't. I don't want a drama. I don't want arguments. I'm, all I want to do is focus on being a successful person, and I want to try and help as many people as possible whilst I do it. Yeah. And I think that, I think that's why. Some, some advice to another candidate. They asked me. They asked me about oh, becoming um, doing PAs and this sort of stuff. I said, why don't you just stop focusing on being a celebrity mm-hmm. and start focusing on doing some good? And I tell you what, the celebrity status will come with it. Yeah. Don't don't think think this is going to be a show that makes you famous because it's not. Um, no matter how much controversy it causes. Two years ago, like it, it doesn't, and you shouldn't go chase. Well, I mean, you know, some people will want to go chase it, but mm. I think the only person who I know who's famous of The Apprentice is Katie Hopkins. So, <laughs> I mean, she's on the right who, way. Then. Who wants that? <laughs> who? Well, maybe that is what think, she wants. I think she said in the house something like she wants to be like Katie Hopkins. No, she didn't. Swear, what I just remember. a dickhead? <laughs> I don't know if that's what she meant by it, but well. I think she meant like. That sort of persona. controversial character. No, why would you? Well, I mean, it's just I, th- for me. There's more. Obviously, some, there's some there's famous people life. who have like got millions and millions of pounds. But in general, as a whole of this throwaway celebrity thing, there's much, much, much more biz- money in business than what there will ever be from doing PAs and public speaking. Like, don't I do the public speaking things because I like it more than anything, and I think it's good to help with something with anxiety so to push me on from that and just certain just getting out and about meeting new customers um so all those things yeah it's good as a side thing but you're never gonna make that kind of money like Lars Sugar is a billionaire and then he goes on The Apprentice it, and then it's t- Karen and Claude and multi-millionaires and then they do a TV show you don't have generally millions and millions of pounds from being some kind of 
celebrity are appearing on Come Dine With Me and, and you know, no, these there things. Are, there are literally millions of these celebrities now. And I don't... I think and they have been around a lot longer and who are going to... And who have probably got the stability in the foundations and, and mm. are a lot more popular. The Apprentice isn't like a sexy it's show, is it's it? It's like... And, it's, it's, and you shouldn't go on it from that point of view. You should go on it because you think, right, well... You know, there's two things that can happen, aren't we? I'm either going to get investment in my business, I'm going to raise awareness of my business. They're the two yeah. things that you should go into it thinking. And when you come out, you can think, right, well, great, people are now aware of what I'm trying to do. For me, it was more about publicly saying to everyone that knows me, hi, I've been hiding away the last few years, working away in the background. No one's, I'm not, just been, I've not been making any noise about it. But this is what I'm doing, this is who I am, this is what I want to achieve. I'm putting it out there into the universe, law of attraction, all that sort of stuff. I'm saying to everyone, this is what I'm doing. Now I can't fail, because if I do fail, there's hundreds of thousands of people going to take a piss out of me. That is pressure, and it's hell, you know. So I'm exactly in that position now where I did launch the business of The Apprentice, and now I feel like no matter what, I cannot ever let it fail. But that's the point. <laughs> because there's no way that I can have somebody writing in the press like, oh, business goes tits up, Lord Sugar was right not to invest. So mm. like every single piece of me now is like, I need to fucking prove that he should have invested in me and that mm. I am going to turn over millions of pounds. So it does give you that additional drive and the additional, but I always went on there for business. I was never yeah. going to be a slut. I'm like, when I went on, I was like 33 year old ginger mom from Bolton. Like, who the hell is going to want to follow You're me? You're not a ginger mom from Bolton yeah, I am now. <laughs> I mean, like, who, who's going to want to follow that character? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. No, you know, I'm not going to get the followers. Nobody's going to start paying me to promote the glasses bikinis. Fake. No, they're not. They're All in right. there, actually. I was going to say, you're just talking. I realise you've not got glasses on. No, I never wear them anymore. Well, I've just started to wear them, actually, in the last couple of weeks because every time I wore them, then people recognise me and I, yeah. I literally hate that thing. Um, but also, then people would just, like, call me loads of... I'm fun <laughs> <laughs> <All right. laughs> And I was like, I really fucking like the glasses and everybody's like, why would you wear them glasses? I'm like, because I fucking like them. Do you want I'm still from the North, mate. I will beat you up. <laughs> yeah, people are wankers. But um, I've started to wear them again because they are actually my favourite glasses. We'll have a little picture after it. Okay. <laughs> I, think, I think that, it, again, it's it's what what mentality you've gone into the process with. You're going in there thinking, I want to start my business. For me, it's start my business, get it going. Cause I think you're going to do well. Like, I don't know what happens here but I think before speaking to you um, and seeing you on it I felt like you was a little quieter actually like I understand I feel mm. like there's some much stronger characters but not business wise just like actually just stronger taking mm. over the TV program side but I think after speaking with you and just hearing how sensible you are and how sensible your approach is to this process because mm. I know what happens and I know what's going to happen afterwards then I think I think you're going to go far I think you'll go far in the in the process and I think you'll go far definitely afterwards with regards to business I, th I think it's for me it's again it's about attracting what you're trying to attract if, if you go in there with the mentality I want to be a celebrity then when when the public starts to see you and you start to go to these events you're looking for people who can help you become a celebrity right but if you do it and I want to get my business going or I want to become a success, then actually, while I'm not looking for celebrity people, PR agents, and all sorts of, I'm looking for people who work in travel, have got a travel company, who are a CEO, so yeah, the people that are in these parties. So they're the conversations I'm having. And I think that to me is what's important. At the same time, I'm going, I always said, whenever I reach the next level, I will always try and bring the next person up. And I did a video about it two years ago saying, if I ever, ever start making moves, I will always try and reach people and pull them up. And that's what I'm doing at universities. I'm going around and I played the video from two years ago saying that the same thing, 2017, that's me talking to a camera saying, I really want to be successful. I don't know how I'm going to do this, but I'm not going to give up. And, and 10 years before that, there's a video from a multimillionaire that I reached out to and asked for advice. And he sent me a voice audio recording back saying, Lewis, just stick, you know, I, the impetus behind your email was amazing. I think you need to keep focused and keep going. For, and I play these out for the students. And I say, look, I've been doing this for ages. 
and I'm still not there. But that's how long, that's what it takes. That's how long it takes. You got to sort of believe and have faith and keep going and pushing. I was like, this video, like, you, I'm talking to the camera, isn't for you. It's for me. I was talking to myself, saying, keep going, and I, and that's what the tattoos all come into. All, these tattoos are all reminders to keep going. And keep, like these are what they all mean. And I, all my life, you sort of been leading up to a point where I don't know how, I don't know when, I don't know where, but it's gonna happen. I don't know how. We get there, but I think if you have that mentality, what you have got, number you're obviously sensible and grounded, and I always like it to see somebody who's not come from the most privileged of background, or I mean any background, but especially mm. when you you're not the most privileged and you just pull yourself through it and you do your own mm. thing. And I genuinely have had the same mentality. It wasn't about business when when I was growing up. I actually wanted to be a footballer, but whatever it was that I wanted to be, I was always like, I'm going to do this, and no matter what, I knew from being young, and I mean young, like. Five, I was I'm going to be a millionaire I just knew one day I'm going to be a millionaire my house is going to be paid off my car is going to be paid off and if I have children they will never worry about anything I've just always said mm. this to myself I never knew I would do it I had no intentions of getting into construction like I said I want to be a footballer naively thinking I was like going to play on men's football teams or whatever but I just always thought I am going to be a millionaire and I don't really think it matters what route you end up taking or the fact that you don't know what that route is going to be if that is in your head hmm. and you think about that each day even if it's in your subconscious then one day you are going to be whatever you become your thoughts don't you I try, I try to explain it um, I try to explain it to like when I've been in relationships I've been I've been we're trying to explain this thing and I can't and everyone says it's the burning the fire in your belly and I was like no it literally feels like a fire it literally feels like something's crunched in my belly and I used to hate going out nights out because the next day Oh, the day after, I'll be tired and hungover, and it goes, it just goes flat, and I just don't want to do anything. And the motivation's all gone, the drive's gone, I'm worried it'll never come back ever again. And then all of a sudden, like the next, I start feeling better, and it just comes back again. And, it's and just... I never had that, I always like being drunk. No, I like being drunk. <laughs> That's the problem. But... And when I'm drunk, I get even more like, yeah, I'm going to be a millionaire. <laughs> yeah, no, and then I'm over and I'm like, oh, I might kill myself. <laughs> but then I think it's sort of like, it feels like something there pushing, and I don't, I can't explain it to people, and I really don't know how to. Put it in, to put it into words to to describe, but it's it is there. It is a burn. It is, and I don't I don't know what the hell I'm doing. In fact, the presentation when I start talking to students, it's called "What the fuck am I doing?" Because I say to them, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I don't know what I've been doing all my life. I've I've just gone and took the step, took the step, took the step, and somehow I've gone from here to here to here, and I don't know where the hell I'm going next. But I think that is just me. I try and take the opportunity. I take the step. And I don't really worry about the risk. Um, and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. And I think that is literally how people work their way through. You fell into business. That's an entrepreneur, though. That's just an entrepreneur's. But you said brain, you fell into business. It? I'm guessing that you just took the step and ended up just doing it. And one yeah, step I was do just that. looking for somebody else. I thought, do you know what? I can do this. And I knew nothing about business. Like I said, I didn't understand accounts, marketing, branding. And I was starting a construction magazine. I didn't understand marketing, ridiculous. Um, but I just knew how somebody else was doing it, how I could do better. I knew I could sell. I'm a sales rep. Like, I wouldn't, don't think of myself as like, oh, I'm a business owner. I'm a director. I would, I would just be like, oh, I'm a sales mm. rep. I would never, before The Apprentice, it's a bit of a killer now because I can't, but before The Apprentice, if people said, like, they do, oh, what do you do? I'd be like, oh, I just work for a magazine. I would never say I own a magazine. Or it just, I think having that attitude as well, always kind of remaining, not humble, but being, being realistic. I do work for a magazine. Yeah, it's my business, but ultimately I'm, I'm working at a magazine. It just, always keeps you pushing on for the next step and and that's literally what happened major things just unfolded I yeah you just took step after step it did well and and they invested in the one it didn't do well i've invested in the one it has done well so you just you just go with the flow and just knowing your head what
whatever your end goal is. My end goal was like, I, I don't want it anymore, but I always wanted a white Range Rover and a farmhouse. And it was like, one day I'm going to get this white Range Rover. And, but then it changed yeah, to Mercedes. an I8. Hmm? Oh, no, I8. I thought it was then a Mercedes. I really wanted an I8. And I, I, bought, I got an I8. I white? had to get rid of it when I was pregnant. Was it white? Was it white? No, it wasn't mine. No. Oh, it's blue, isn't it? It's I'm not there. that much of a wanker. It was, it was a black one, actually, but it had some blue flashes yeah. on it, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I did feel like a complete bellend, and it's been perfect. <laughs> Everybody was like, oh, you dickhead. Whatever, fuck out. Driving around Bolton in a nice car. Yeah, yeah, driving around fucking Bolton in a I'm sure all the kids love that. Yeah. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't do that full stop but I think yeah if you just have these these things you might obviously plans change the car you want changes the house you want whatever it is but, but if you there. always know like oh I am going to get to this point you just you make the right choices I don't think it, it's about making a choice it's just you end up on the on the right path because yeah, you end up creating you, it without thinking you go oh, that's probably getting me close to that yeah and, then, and it's only when you look back you'll be like oh that all made sense why I did why I made all of these decisions. so I've been doing this 10 years and now I can look back and be like ah that's why I did that mm. and this is how this has happened but at the time I didn't understand where that was going to take me you just got to do it day by day because I was saying I played that video from just from a couple of years ago to these students and I'm saying this is like they're my words and that's me talking to the camera this is me where I was this is what I was doing and then to just two years and I'm saying on the camera I don't know how I'm going to do this, but I'm going to try and take every step every day. I'm going to keep pushing it. I know this is where I'm headed towards. I'm going to do this next and just watch. I'm going to go out and meet 10 business owners from around Manchester. I'm going to interview them. I'm going to find out how they got to where they are. And I actually took the business owners. The, it was agencies at the time. I was looking at marketing when I saw. I took their advice and I did follow it through. And I'm now at a point where I look back and I'm like, crap, I listened to I did what I did. So did what I said I was going to do. Did it. Took every step. Followed their advice. And now I'm here. I knew at this point, yeah. And it's like, whoa, it worked. But at the time you don't see it. And even now, I don't know the next, it looks like cloudy future. I don't know what's going to happen. But I just keep taking steps. And I, that's all you well, really can do. Well, that was going to be actually my, my next question. So what do you envisage now? What's your um, plan? I guess. So this is so the company, the, the travel company that wasn't even a thing a few months ago is, is incorporated. I'm a director, apparently. Well hey. done. Congratulations. Doesn't mean, done. doesn't mean anything. Yeah. <laughs> but I am a I found a business partner. So I reached out to a guy. I, I took some guy's advice. I met a business owner and I said, look, what do you do? And he went, look, I found a guy to work with. And he said, business partners aren't for everyone. But he said, if you find someone that complements your weaknesses and, and you've got his weaknesses as strengths, like, and you go together, you should work together. So I thought, I sat thinking for a few months, who do I know? And I knew a guy that I'd met a few years ago, worked abroad. He ran one company, I ran another in the travel business. I reached out to him, we were good friends, and then I started speaking to him, like, you know, and he's he's got strengths where my weaknesses are. Like, he's empathetic, he understands people's emotions, the feelings where I'm more like, ah, dish yourself off, shut up, <laughs> get, get on with it. But, like, whereas I'm louder and more outspoken, he's still confident, and I think it just goes together really nicely. And we're sort of collaborating to pull it together, and so it has been incorporated. I guess what it's done is it's forced me to start a business I never thought you could start without money, right? So I haven't got any cash in the bank, I'm waiting to see if I get investment. I think this is... The biggest problem with most people who are gonna who, who have this dream of starting a business, I need cash, and they think, "Oh, I need cash." And all That's right, what I think. sometimes you do need the mm. cash. Yes, you because you even need to be stable yourself and be able to if you've got bills to pay or whatever else. Mm. So you need to be to be able to cover those. And if you need to buy stock, for instance, then yes, you mm. need cash. But not every company needs to have cash. I started my company with like £500 in my bank. I, I literally got made redundant, bought a fax and scanner, had a laptop, and I had £500. I was like, I need to make some sales because 
and it's been my fucking kid next month. So and and then I I took it from there. So I, I did fifteen grand sales in the first month, for instance, eighteen grand in the next. So I was making money straight away, paying myself a bit of a wage. But I could have stopped myself three years before I started my first company. I wanted to. And I asked my mum to borrow me some money. She didn't have it. Um, I asked her for 20 grand because I thought, oh, I need some offices. I need this, that, and the other. And I didn't need any of it. Three years later, I just thought, do you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to do it. I did it from my living room and I cracked on. And I think the biggest problem with lots of people is overthinking it mm. and not actually just taking that first step. When you're saying there, do one step at a time, you have literally done the first step now. You've got your company incorporated. Yeah. Now you're going to go and get yourself a website, well, I'm think, assuming. So, yeah, to, yeah. And just do things step by step. And it's not always you need all the money in exactly. the world to do it. That's what I said to Luke. We sat there talking to Luke's my business partner. We sat there talking. And I said, look, right, first step. Well, what do we want to do? We need to nail down what we want to, what, uh, what it's going to be. What's the company going to be about? Why is it different? Um, okay, there we are. We sat down and made it. Okay, um, the next step, we need, we need to make it incorporated, incorporated. We start a social channel to show people what we're going to do. Let's start shouting about it. That's what we did next. And a website, well, I'll build a website. Luke, I can build a website. Sweet, we'll do that. And we need a business bank account. Luke, can you sort out? Yeah, he's going to have done that. All of a sudden, it's coming together. And I guarantee in two years' time, I'll look back and go, how the have we got here? Yeah. And, and we'll probably celebrate and we'll laugh because we don't know. We know at some point we're going to need cash, even if it's just for marketing, right? But what we do know is that we're not worrying about it. When we get to, when we actually get to that point, and that is the wall, we're gonna figure it out. Well, I mean, with regards to your marketing, you are on the biggest business program in mm. the UK at the minute. So I'm guessing this is gonna be marketing enough for you. And I know from experience of being fired that the amount of hits you get to your website and the mm. interest that you have in it, I'm selling business to business, so it's a little more difficult. But when it's business to consumer in that first year of either winning or, or losing mm. The Apprentice, if you get to the point where your business plan is heard, then everybody who I know in the final five my year just ended up getting so many orders and doing so well off the back of it. And then if your service or your product is good, then people are going to come back with mm. custom word of mouth. So hopefully that would be enough for you that you might be able to just do this on your own anyway. This is it. And I, I, I literally, since since being on the show and coming out and obviously now watching it on TV, I've reached out to business owners uh, who are travel company owners. I've spoken to, I think, four in total. They've got travel businesses. They've had them for years. And they do not too far away from what I want to do. And I've said, like, look, what did you start with? One, one guy said a grand. One guy said 100 quid. One guy said, you don't need any money. One guy said, partner with me and I'll do it for you. And I was like, no. Like, <laughs> he's like talking to the devil. But the point was, like, lots of these people and I just started doing it themselves. Like, look, I don't care if it fails. Did any of them start with a large investment? No. And I don't, I, what I mean about it, I don't care if it fails because I'll just start again. Yeah. And it fails, I'll just start again. I literally have as much time as I, I've got before I get hit by a car. I'm yeah. going to guess it's an ambulance because it would probably be ironic. <laughs> yeah. But the point is, I'm around. I'm just going to keep trying as long as I'm around. And I've got Luke with me now as well. So actually, he pushes me. So whereas I get distracted with apprentice things and go and talk to he's like, Luke, we need to do this. I'm like, oh, yeah. So actually, it's nice to have someone to kick, kick ideas around with as well. Um, but we don't know where we're going. We know what we have and we know how it's different. And we, I have... You know, I saw Thomas Cook and I saw 1830 close its doors and I used to work for 1830. So that hit home and I was like, well, that's, that's because they haven't done this. Yeah. I was like, why is no one doing this? I looked at Tui Travel and Tui Travel had, had done like some piss poor attempts at reinventing themselves for youth. And I was, same properties, same terrible holidays, same thing that everyone's always done. I was, that's not going to get any business out. This isn't my business plan. And then I look at 
coming out and, and to, Thomas Cook has closed down and shut his doors out. That was rough because I worked for quite a long time. A lot of people I know was out of jobs and they saw it coming, but it's because they just weren't evolving. It was literally like watching Blockbuster all over again. Yeah. You're not changing for the consumer demands, the way in which people are shopping and searching. They work on volume with a tiny margin. Well, that doesn't work because there's internet now and people can do it cheap themselves. So yeah. the business model is flawed. And I, I look at them and I'm thinking, well, if, if I can do it better, why, why am I not just doing it? So that's what's just pushed me to start. And like, every, I think a lot of people that I know um, from school and that, a lot of people are supporting, but, but a lot of people are hoping I'll just fail because they don't want me to do something different. I can get the vibes off them. And I just, really? so for me, it's more about just showing everyone that, you know, screw you, I'm going to do it anyway. Do you know what, as well, Lewis, I'll tell you another thing, I am completely fucking oblivious. So, and I mean oblivious to negativity. And mm. I don't, I don't mean to be. I genuinely just don't see or hear it. Like, I, I do not know that it's happening. Mm. For all I know, when I was on The Apprentice, everybody could have hated me. But in my head, I was like, everybody loved me. <laughs> That's me. And when I started my business, I just thought, I must just be naive or I don't care. I don't know what it is. I've just always thought, everybody wants me to do well. And I think it's because I just would always want people to do well. And so I would never think any other way. Mm. But it's only really as I've got a bit older Oh, really, when people tell me and they'll be like, oh, such a body thinks this. So I'm like, you fucking what? Like, why <laughs> this is like foreign language to me. Why would you not want me to do well? And I think if you, especially now with you being on The Apprentice and I'm in so much exposure, if you can just, and for anybody who's starting a business, if you can cut out Everyone. that bullshit and just, and just, just worry about anything good. And the, the only people that I, on, on a serious note, the one thing that's got me this, this, this point in my life is the only thing the only people whose advice I listen to are the people who've done it before yeah. like I rang you before I somehow yeah. got I got hold of her but I, no I rang I spoke <laughs> to you and I said can I ask some questions and that was that was exactly how I tackled every area of my life right back trace it back to me I was like 18 years old in a ski resort asking people who had businesses there how did you get and, and ever since that point that's all I've ever done I reached out to a millionaire because he... That's going to be what makes you do well, though. I'm the same. You just soak it up like a sponge. And the thing is, people love to tell you their story. And I'm going to say 90% of the people who I've met in business, I've done exactly the same Mm. thing. And I still do exactly the same thing as well. I don't stop doing that. Anybody who I meet who I think not necessarily has more knowledge than me, just has different knowledge, who understands the industry Mm. better, has had a different experience, whatever it might be, I just peck everyone's head and it must be annoying, but I don't give a shit because it's helping me learn from them as well. And I think most people who are successful have done that themselves mm. as well. So when you have somebody like yourself who's saying, like when you roll me up and you had loads of questions, I'm like more than happy to mm. tell you everything I can and, and to help you on your way because you never know in another three years, I might want a really cheap holiday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I might want something back from you. Yeah. Oh, well, then I put you on my podcast. So, you know, I wanted you on my podcast. So it's nice to be nice, isn't it? But I think as well, like, the, the, what, what I was saying was um, was you said you cut out positivity I just don't listen to anyone's opinion unless they're above me basically if they've done it then I'll, I'll listen to their advice and I'll listen to what they've got to say anyone who's not been there and done it they've all got an opinion they've all got advice to offer but realistically it, it's got no substance behind it the only yeah. ones that matter are the ones who've been there done it and have seen the struggle the fight or just got that's a bad idea but even sometimes they're wrong do you know what I mean yeah. you never know yeah I find myself doing this a lot to people when I know that I'm not of the same opinion or it's not going to matter. Just being like, yep, 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 yep. And just thinking, oh, finish what you say. <laughs> like, just stop saying it because it's going to come to an awkward end and I'm just going to be like, oh, right, okay, I'm not going to do that. Okay, yeah. <laughs> thanks. But um, yeah, I mean, you, you're doing the right thing. Um, just anyone, like I say, shouldn't just be businessy people. Like you say, just anybody who's 
in that sector or had some kind of experience, a customer who's yeah. had a shit experience, you can literally learn off everybody. But Lewis, I'm going to wrap this up because I feel like we're going to be sat here all yeah, night yeah, otherwise. So, um, right, okay, tell us then what are your social media accounts so people can follow you? Um, most people are connecting on uh, Instagram and yep. LinkedIn. So on Instagram, it's Lewis underscore Ellis underscore. Mm-hmm. Um, on uh, LinkedIn, it's just Lewis Ellis. I think if you type in Lewis Ellis on any platform at the moment, I'm coming up. So it's okay, quite handy. Perfect. Twitter's I'm Lewis Ellis. And then at the point where we know what's happened with you in The Apprentice and your website is launched and up and running, we are also going to be adding this to the link. Uh, if you just search the details alongside this podcast, you will find Lewis website link as well Lewis amazing thank you very much thank you thanks for listening please remember to visit www.michaela-wayne.co.uk subscribe to the podcast leave your feedback and don't troll